The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. I'm here to announce that I will not be returning to Kansas State. There it is. That was from actually earlier this morning. K-State men's basketball coach Bruce Weber has officially resigned from his position, which the word resign when I saw that pop up on the headline. I was a little surprised. I was not surprised, to be honest with you. He's going to go catch 500 somewhere. He's he's going. He's going to go like Pepperdine or something. Well, I wasn't expecting retire. Right. Oh, you! Oh, I was thinking maybe termination. Ah, but resign may have been second on my list. Right? They uh, they said, "Would you rather?" <laughs> you know, "Would you rather a Thursday um, resign or you know we don't want to we don't want to terminate the contract of Bruce Weber at K State." I don't think the higher ups wanted to do that. Now, well, they wanted to move on. They definitely want to move on, but I don't think they wanted to axe him. They wanted to let him resign. If he wanted to step down, step down. But uh, big day, man. I mean, golly, Mitch Fortner with with, uh, David G. And uh, Troy was in Wichita, obviously. He's on his way back because he had the call of Manhattan High basketball falling in the first round of the 6A state tournament, losing to Lawrence Free State. We'll give a shout to the Wamigo girls, though. They're going to play tomorrow against... Eudora in the semifinals of 4A. Take but yeah, uh, what a day for sure. Uh, we found out again earlier this morning, Bruce Weber no longer the head coach of men's basketball, which is of course something we all saw coming. Uh, it was brewing over the last three weeks, but we knew what the uh, the target was, and if Bruce wanted to keep his job, it was all about if he could get to the NCAA tournament. We'll speak more on that here in just a moment. We are expected to be joined by K-State women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty coming up in the next segment, but Obviously, there is a lot to talk about as I'm going to kind of split it up among the hours. In this first hour, I do want to speak about Bruce Weber, legacy, probably looked at it in two different directions as his career at K-State went all over the place, but mostly in two directions, greatness and not exactly so great, losing seasons, which he did have for here at K-State. But also, we got to move on, right? Yeah. It's the next step. What is next for K-State? The coach. Who's going to be the next coach of the Cats? And we'll get to uh, the list of candidates, the big names that have been thrown around here really over the last couple of weeks uh, with this team ending on a six-game losing streak. But also Sage Williams with us across the glass here today. Mm-hmm. We will not be playing Do They Know It. We're going to save that for tomorrow. We will have a two-hour show because, and I did want to start out with this as well, there's been a change to the schedule for K-State baseball. As the Bat Cats this weekend are set to host Central Connecticut State uh, because of the weather. It's cold, got snow last night and a little this morning. Uh, Going to play on Saturday at 2 and then a doubleheader Sunday beginning at 1. The second game will start 45 minutes after. So no baseball on Friday. Just one game Saturday and a doubleheader on Sunday. But how about the Bat Cats getting it done against Nebraska yesterday? Nice job by the Batcats to get it done and beat the Cornhuskers. There was a decent amount of Nebraska fans here to watch their team lose. A team that was picked to finish second in the Big Ten. Whoa, I didn't know that. They're not off to a good start. They're now 4-8. Uh, and eight. Hey, and Sunday is supposed to be like in the 60s. 
You know what I'm well, saying? Upper fifties, six. I mean, you want to catch a double header at Toynton? Could be good time to. So, I would say. With the buzzer sounding, losing to West Virginia, Cats can't get it done to keep their season alive. NIT is obviously not going to happen because we were talking before this, they're a bubble team at best for the NIT, and they could not even make that happen. But Bruce was making, I suppose, headlines or Twitter traction when it comes to what he said on his final question of the press conference. And it was a question that was asked by... Kellis Robinette, and that is about um, what he wanted to be remembered as. And I'm not sure why this is not playing. This is a little irritating. Come on, computers. I I don't know what's going on here. I don't know why this isn't working. It should be working. Hit the board on the side like uh, Fonz. I wanted to play what was going around Twitter yesterday about him discussing winning championships, what past coaches have not done, which is all true. And that he felt that, you know, he was maybe treated a little unfairly that from the beginning wins that Big 12 championship and it was considered, you know, not with his players. He didn't get the uh, the credit that he deserved for winning a Big 12 championship in 2013. And I think that's that's totally correct. Like he did not get his his – the right credit for winning that championship. But even when he stepped in the door, it was, well, Frank Martin is gone. We want Frank Martin here. But he had that falling out with John Curry. So in the wake of that, Bruce Weber is hired. And that was already not necessarily a controversial hire, but maybe felt like it was a downgrade because he'd just been fired by Illinois, where Illinois was doing really well when he took over, made it to a national championship game. And then he gets here. And feeling, wow, this is uh, this isn't what we exactly wanted. We just went to an elite eight a couple of years ago. Frank Martin should be our guy, and he's no longer our guy. And Bruce Weber is getting some of that heat. And I thought that was unfair for him to get that. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and wins a Big Twelve championship. And the well, the words are not your players. Um, well, I think they were his players. He was coaching them. And Frank Martin didn't win a Big 12 championship with them. Nope. But he did. And he went on to put guys in the NBA. Three of his former players are still in the NBA. Um, So I'm not going to be one of those people that are going to be like, finally, this has happened. It's been due for a long time. I'm not dumb. I know the last three years have sucked. This year was the better of the three years, but it wasn't good enough. I, I want to tip the cap to Bruce Weber. I really do. I'm not going to use these two hours to bash him. I'm not going to use these two hours to disrespect him. I want to acknowledge that he did some good things here. It wasn't perfect. Five seasons didn't make it to an NCAA tournament. Five years he did. And when I said earlier that his time at K-State went in two different directions, there really was no middle ground. Oh. There wasn't like... All right, hey, we weren't too bad. It's either God. Boy, we didn't do too well this year. We didn't make any postseason play. Uh, It was a downer of a year. Or you're NCAA tournament bound. And we know, you know, a lot of first-round exits in those NCAA tournaments. But I, I totally agree. Not enough credit to what he did. It bothered me like crazy last night that there was a fan at the T-Mobile Center 
right in front, like across the floor, but in front of the bench with a sign that said, bye-bye, Bruce. I thought that was incredibly disrespectful. Bush League. And I would never be somebody like that. Like maybe 21-year-old Mitch would be that immature and go into public and act like that. Right. Uh, for the team you're rooting for. Right. And the head coach that you paid money to go watch his team play in the Big 12 tournament. I thought that was a little bit too much. It was. So that's his legacy. It, it is two opinions of the Bruce Weber legacy. The appreciation of winning Big 12 championships, two of them, going to the Elite Eight, making some NCAA tournaments. But there's also the legacy of can't wait for him to get out of here, never respected him, never wanted him as the head coach. But I think what those two sides do agree on was it was time. I, I don't think you're going to find a whole lot of people out there that would say, give Bruce Weber another year. If he would have got another year, there would have been a big issue with the fan base. Um, and there's no, I think there's no doubt about it. It would have gone in that direction. But I, I, I would never – I mean, he did enough for me. I would never, ever, you know – say a whole lot to t- that would tarnish his legacy. I just don't see it that way. It's a lot like if you had your parents and they got divorced and then two months later your dad brought a new mom home and was like, this is the lady I'm seeing. You're never going to warm up to that person because you don't want that, you know, you want mom. You want somebody else there. That's how it always felt with Bruce was that we just never, we never did. I mean, there was a section of fans that were like, hey, that's our coach. Good job. Um, and I will say, too, the Creighton game and the Kentucky game, back-to-back, masterful coaching job. I mean, we spanked Creighton from pillar to post the entire game. I mean, we, there wasn't a time we didn't – we weren't winning that game. And Kentucky was a master class in how you pull the strings and you get guys in and out and use your timeouts and use the fouls to your advantage – I've never seen a better coached game than that Kentucky game. I, I was floored by how good it was. Um, but then the lows were just so low. Um, I think Bruce Weber has to at some point take, look, take a look in the mirror and say, it wasn't great to blow up the team twice. You know, like we have a lot of up and down, up and down, up and down because half the time we're introducing an entire new roster of people. I mean, that's, that's, that part of it is your fault. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're, yes, the guys that you picked to recruit, that you picked, they didn't work out. They weren't good. Okay. That's true. We can't, we can't argue with that. But also, you have to take a look in the mirror and say, maybe I'm not doing a great job of evaluating talent and evaluating the style and person that I want here at K-State. You have to look in the mirror. If you went and bought four straight cars that were lemons, you would say those cars were lemons. They did not work. That is a fact. But you also pick are a crappy car picker, too. And so, you know, I'm not saying he can't recruit at all because he did bring in quite a few guys, but at some point you have to take a little bit of personal responsibility and say, the team getting blown up twice in my tenure is on me too. Well, how often did you look at a Bruce Weber recruiting class and not be or not have optimism? Every time. Even though K-State was crap in the bed after winning its second Big 12 championship, you see the next recruiting class and you feel like, all right, we're going to take a bigger step. At least we should take a bigger step. But then, obviously, the transfer portal becomes what it is, and I'm not blaming 
the success or lack of success for Bruce Weber on the transfer portal, but there were two times in his tenure as well where we saw max exodus of players go somewhere else, and it's now a rebuild. And if you look at Bruce Weber in his 10 years, if it if he didn't have that successful first year at K State, there's no. I don't think there's any chance that he's still here right. for another run for a Big Twelve or for just a, maybe the first run of the Big Twelve championship. Like if you just erase the 2012-2013 season and just kind of slide everything up, and if he would have started with 13-14 and so on when he went 20 and 13, and then went on to go 15 and 17, 17 and 16, I think he's done after three years. Yeah. The yeah. Big Twelve, the first Big Twelve championship, was a big, a big reason why he was still here up until last night in Kansas City. Yeah, he's right too when he says when he goes through that list of coaches that didn't win from seventy seven to two thousand thirteen, nobody won one. He has that a notch. He no one can take that away from him. I don't. Sometimes people go, yeah, with the other guys' players. I think that's kind of harder when you don't know any of those guys. You walk into a room as the new guy, and you have no relationship with any of these people, and you got to put it together on the fly. I think that was impressive. I also don't think that one elite eight appearance gives you the leeway to have three horrible seasons in a row. Let's not kid ourselves. These are bad seasons. This is bad. Bad. I think an Elite Eight earns you those three seasons, and then you got to go. I really think so. Yeah, so winning the second Big 12 championship and before that going to the Elite Eight, I did truly feel that he earned the time to prove that could he do it a third time and turn things back around. And also throwing the pandemic and COVID-19, especially last year, because after those two seasons – the 1920 and then 2021 seasons, most guys at a normal time would be gone. Right. That's it. I mean, you had just two losing seasons with a combined 20 points. You tack on the extra year where K-State in combination won 13 Big 12 games. In that Big 12 championship year, you won 14 Big 12 games. Um, So the climb wasn't there. Like you, You saw the gradual climb this season. There's no doubt about this team was talented, but it was talented offensively. And it took a big step back defensively for some reason. Like it was completely flip flop of what we've seen from Big Twelve team or from Bruce Weber teams before. Right. And it didn't evolve into once again a winning program. Three straight losing seasons for Bruce Weber is what ends it for uh, Coach. Ten seasons as a Wildcat head coach. One hundred and eighty four victories is the third most heart of of all time. Jack Hartman and also uh, Tex Winter were the two that had more wins than Bruce Weber. Uh, a timeout. We will take a break from the Bruce Weber talk, but we will talk about more uh, about Coach later on this first hour, including what he said about K State and social media being too negative. But coming up next, our uh, weekly conversation with K State women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty is up next. We continue with the game on K-Man. Mitch Fortner with David G and Sage Williams. No uh, Troy today. He's on the road in Wichita, but he'll be with us tomorrow. K-State men's basketball. Their season ends yesterday with a loss to West Virginia in the first game of the men's Big 12 championship in Kansas City. Maybe for the K-State women, maybe it's just getting started. Getting started tomorrow, taking on the Texas Longhorns from Municipal Auditorium. And joining us now is the head coach 
of the Cats, Jeff Mitty. Coach, appreciate your time. You share a complex with the K-State men, so your first question is just your thoughts on uh, Bruce Weber resigning as head men's basketball coach. Well, boy, I got a lot of thoughts. Um, yeah, Bruce is a really good guy. Been great to work with. Been great to share the facility with. Uh, him and I are neighbors out in Colbert Hills. So, um, um, you know, we, we see each other all the time. And, uh, you know, excellent basketball coach. This profession, they'll add to it. It's, it's not any fun. And uh, so tough. He's had, uh, he's had a great career. He did a lot of great things at Kansas State. He's done a lot of great things at at every school he's been at, and if he chooses to coach, I have no doubt that he'll be successful where he is. So since you guys are neighbors, does that mean, like, you guys would have, like, barbecues or pool parties or anything? <laughs> well, you, you know, we've got a good neighborhood out there, and, and we've got a good group. So we would get together some. You know, not not as much maybe as uh, people think because when you're – with the way our schedules are, recruiting and everything, but, I mean – I'd like to tell you I can hit a nine iron to his house, but I'd miss it the way my golf game is set. So, um, uh, but it, yeah, he's he's uh, he's a good neighbor and uh, uh, just a good guy. Ever since we've been in Manhattan, you know, anything Stan and I have needed, uh, uh, whether we were out of town and needed something that you know for them to take care of at the house or vice versa, they're just really good, good family and in good people. Well, gotcha. I've actually been to your house a few times. One of them was for NCAA selection show. I can't remember what the second reason was, though. Do you remember what that was? You remember those I days? I don't. I'm, I for don't. Some it reason, might have been another selection show, or we may have had a may. Have, yeah, I can't remember if we had people over or not. But uh, uh, I definitely like to barbecue out back, but not in this weather, right? Mitch invited well, himself over. That's what happened. You invited <laughs> you go, oh, coach, I thought I was coming. Okay. He just showed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, not bad. Tuesday, right? <laughs> I promise I live across the street. I really do. Uh, we're speaking with Jeff Mitty, K-State women's basketball coach. Um, I, I'm sure you're thrilled that you got your 19th win in your last game. You you, you went on the road. I mean, how big was that just to win on the road and beat TCU 61-50 to to wrap up the regular season? Well, it was big for a lot of reasons. You know, we've been struggling on the road, and uh, the schedule flipped on us a little bit. Uh, not a little bit, a lot. You know, I think our last uh, three or four road games were all top 20 teams, um, and we just didn't play very well. And then we had some gut punches down the stretch, and uh, we lose at the buzzer against OU in double overtime versus West Virginia. So proud of our group for bouncing back. Uh, you know, it was a dangerous team, one that had not had much success in the, the whole season. I think they were on a 12 or 13 game losing streak, but you're going in there and it's senior night for them and they've got six seniors. And so a team that, you know, probably hadn't wanted to play a whole lot down the stretch, you know, that's their why on that night. So we knew we were going to face an energetic uh, TCU team. So we grinded it out pretty good. And then we found a really good push in that third quarter to get away from them. And, um, uh, good, to get a, good to get a win going into the Big 12 tournament. Monday at 5 o'clock, the All-Big 12 teams were announced, but also like the players of the year from freshmen to just all around in the conference and you know those postseason accolades, post-regular season accolades. I, 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 I was on air at the time. I was pretty upset at the time that Aoka Lee did not win player of the year. Serena Sindel was not freshman of the year. I kind of came around because I know Nalissa Smith – is just yep. an amazing player, and that would have been tough for Aoka Lee to, to pull off that win, but um, 
Serena Sundell, were you really surprised to see her not win that Freshman of the Year award? I was. I was. For, you know, in virtually every statistical category, she had the better year than Harmon did. And, um, you know, you can go a lot of things that people will say, well, you know, Texas is ranked higher and NA. I saw that argument. I, I would say look at the improvement from our basketball program from one year to the next after we struggled mightily last year. Um, and then to start three freshmen, that is a credit to Serena being able to run the show with our freshman group, um, with, with a young group. Um, I, I wasn't surprised on Lee because Smith ended so strong and uh, they get a share, you know, they get the title and. Um, I wasn't surprised on that, um, but Serena, it, it did surprise me. It did surprise me because I think sometimes people vote. They vote, you know. Sometimes they vote off of recruiting rankings. And Harmon was so highly recruited, and people knew Harmon before. But at the end of the day, this one was pretty simple. If you look at the uh, statistics and you look at uh, what she's done for our team. Yep, Serena Sendell leading uh, fre- all freshmen in the Big Twelve in multiple. Multiple categories, including three-point shooting. Uh, co- I didn't know so many coaches. I didn't know so many coaches in the league like Texas either. That was a little disappointing as well. Um, on the vote. Well, I, I'll put it this way: Were you surprised? Nelissa Smith was a unanimous selection for Player of the Year. No, not the way she ended. Okay, not the way she ended. No, I wasn't. I mean, Lewis had an unbelievable year, done unbelievable things, but uh, Nylisa ended. Um, her rebound numbers, I think, I won't be exact on this, but I think two or three of her last four or five games, she was over 18 rebounds a game. And that was in a critical stretch for them. And she put up 30 a couple times in that stretch. So it didn't surprise me because she played fantastic at the right time of the year and, and uh, really pushed them to, to, to the league title. So that one didn't surprise me. Um, but Serena, it certainly surprised me. Well, Coach, uh, maybe tomorrow at 7.30 is uh, the chance for Serena Sundell to prove that she is the Big 12 Freshman of the Year when you take on the Longhorns in the 3-6 matchup at, uh, 3-6 matchup at Municipal Auditorium. Third time around with the Longhorns, uh, some keys to this matchup, and again, how tough is that Texas defense with their pressure? Well, Harmon and Sundell are going to be a big team in this game. There's no doubt about it. Um, uh, they're both, and, and Harmon is a fantastic player. Um, that's how good a year I think Serena had as well, because Harmon's a fantastic player, but they're both going to be keys in this game. Um, and certainly Texas overall pressure has given us trouble. Um, we've got to handle that better. And, you know, when we talked a couple weeks ago, that was the area that I was disappointed in, um, that we hadn't grown up as much against pressure as we needed to. Um, this would be a good chance to show differently, um, that we've made some improvements. Um, They've been very physical with our perimeter. They've been very physical with Lee inside. And um, this time of the year, you've got to win those individual battles. And uh, we got to win more than we've won uh, you know, the last two or three weeks. Well, by the time we talk again, you'll be in the field for the NCAA tournament. But Big 12 uh, tournament is first, Coach. So good luck against Texas tomorrow night. Mitch, I appreciate it. Thank you. Once again, that's K-State women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty. We'll continue on with men's basketball talk in the next segment, also coming up in the second hour. I want to play a big chunk of what Gene Taylor had to say to the media earlier today from Kansas City, talking about the departure of Bruce Weber and the coaching search. 
He doesn't go through the the names on that list, but I do have some names on my list. That's coming up at 525. But up next, uh, K-State Social Media being negative towards the men's basketball program. That's up next. What does this song remind you of, DG? Uh, sitting on the beach. And uh, also, it reminds me of school dances, too. I remember okay. this is a school dance song. What? Really? This is uh, from the 60s. This I is think, an old one. Like, maybe late 50s. I know this is actually a number one song that will come up at some point. Whoa. But it was actually famous from a couple of movies. One of them, La Bamba. Oh! And Richie! Richie! Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, La Bamba's a great flick. Oh! Because it's sad. It's so sad. And oh. then it got played a few times in the uh, Irishman. That's right. Scorsese film. That's right. That brought back Joe Pesci. <laughs> and Robert De Niro kicking a guy as an 85-year-old man. <laughs> that was too much, man. Come on. That was a, too much of a movie. That was, yeah, that was long. three and a half hours. Long. But that rigid. Oh, sad. Sad, sad song. Once again, the news of the day is Bruce Weber no longer the men's basketball coach at K-State. He Bruce! spoke. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. You had to at that point. <laughs> you really did. I, I'm surprised I didn't do yeah, it. I it's know. probably best that you did it, not me. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, I got to protect, you know, I got to protect the, uh, the image here, pal. Come on. Um, this was brought up actually today, more, more in depth today, I should say, and that is about... Just fan reaction, really, the last two or three years. Um, but it really amped up, of course, this season and especially on social media. Here's what Coach Weber said earlier this morning about K-State social media. Earlier in the season, one of the social media people asked how we can get more people in the stands. I would tell you and challenge you just like I do to myself and to our players. You might look in the mirror. There's no doubt winning helps. I know that. Everybody knows that. But the negativity that surrounds K-State sports at times is really, really sad to me. This is the only school that I've been associated with that I am afraid to give our recruits and have them connected with our social media because what they will hear and see. I know other coaches in our department feel the same way. Hopefully, with uh, that can change, maybe with the new coach, and and everybody can be positive about K State and K State athletics. There you have it, Bruce Weber earlier today on a press conference, and a part of me actually feels like because you don't usually get a press conference from a coach that has resigned or been fired, and then after that takes place. They're having a press conference. Now, I, I suppose, like, technically, Bruce is, like, still with K-State. He's, like, on a leave of absence type of thing. Um, but then he'll, like, it'll officially become a thing in April. I think that's how I understand it. Maybe that's not exactly how it goes, but it's something like that. Um, so, I, I suppose, technically, he's still an employee. Uh, I, I, I felt like he did have, a, you know, a couple of good points in that it has really been negative. Um some bad things, some really bad things have been said, and a lot of it has been directed towards Bruce Weber. I've always been like, like I don't know if I'd use the word toxic. Like, is K-State social media toxic? I don't know if I would single out 
K-State social media and the K-State fans in that way because it would be like that anywhere, in my opinion, especially a Power 5 program that has been winning at times and now it's not. Um, you're just going to get that reaction from people. And, and it's to, I'm not trying to justify it. I still think it's sad, but it's not rare. But to single out K-State alone, comparing it to Illinois, I think there's no doubt about it. If that Illinois tenure happened while social media is what it is now, oh. and it gave people the, pa- the platform to speak their minds by hiding behind a cell phone or a keyboard, you can hide behind an alias, you can behind hide behind a fake picture, a picture that's not you, and say things that you wouldn't say to his face, it would, no doubt about it, have happened in Illinois. They still talk about Bruce Weber. Yeah, I, I don't know if you've ever took a deep dive and done a search on Twitter, Bruce Weber, Illinois. Um, yeah, they still pile on him to this day. And they've been through two coaches now after him. Um, it didn't end well. It didn't end well for him there, and it didn't really start well either because they didn't. They weren't super keen on the hire to begin with, much like K State. Um, I understand because I'm scared of some people on K State Twitter. There's some K State Twitter people that I don't want to get into it with at all because they are terrifying. I understand where he's coming from. It's embarrassing some of the things that people have tweeted at his account. It's embarrassing. It's crazy. But then I just think about. Just a few years ago, Niles Paul. You know who Niles Paul is? Yeah. He's the wide receiver, tight end guy. He used to play at Nebraska. He's had a few, he played for a few years in the NFL. He dropped a few games in his senior season up in Nebraska, and people were in the parking lot waiting for him when they came back to Lincoln. That's pretty toxic, if you ask me. And that would be something that I would, if I was a recruit, I wouldn't want anything to do with that kind of. Fan base. I, they were waiting in the parking lot for him. They were gonna. They were gonna attack him. But that hasn't hurt. You know, like they. They don't. That's the the coaches still keep going and they keep recruiting, and keep doing their thing. I think he carry. He gets a lot of heat on social media, and if this is his time to call it out and get it off his chest, and I say do it. It probably feels pretty good to do it. Go ahead, do it. But. Keep it moving, man. I, I, I don't I until Bruce Weber says I didn't do a good enough job. My coaching staff didn't do a good enough job as far as bringing in guys. I'm I don't even it goes in one ear at the other for me. Honestly, he's one of the first coaches that I have been, I've been around as far as K State goes that has hardly ever said that. Hardly ever said we didn't do a good enough job. Those other guys before him that didn't win the championships, they would say, the coaches didn't get it right, the players didn't get it right, we got to get it right. But now he's focused on social media, and he's focused on everybody else except saying, we got to do better. Sorry. It, like If I was Coach Weber, I probably would have went a different direction, maybe just taken the high road, rode off into the sunset, and just you know called it a day with my K-State tenure. But I can also understand it from his point. It probably got to him emotionally about how much people talk so much trash on him. I mean, it's one of those things like put yourself in his shoes absolutely, and try to deal with it. Yeah. It, it's it's got to be tough. It, 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 I'm lucky to be thick-skinned, and it took me a while to get that thick skin. Right. Uh, I've been sh- called short all my life. <laughs> I've been called uh, from you know racial slurs uh, because I'm not exactly 100% white. Um, so I you know I've kind of 
I, I've heard it, and it took a while to get there. I, it, it hurts when you hear right. those things, but from his standpoint, you are in the spotlight. I don't like I said. I don't know if I would have gone so far into you know having a press conference to talk about those things, uh, but I was actually a little impressed about how much social media, not just K State, but like national people. Scott Van Pelt is yeah. an example of how. People have actually come to his side and said, yeah, that's true, and respect for what he's done and how good of a coach he is and how he does deserve more respect for sure. Um, but I won't say, like, K-State alone. Like, I would never no. s- single out K-State no. social media as being toxic. No. It is, um, it is definitely negative for what's taking place right now. You bring in an ex-coach, and if it's a coach people like, you're obviously going to get a positive reaction. Right. It's all reaction to the situation. Uh, but I'm definitely never, ever, ever a fan of calling somebody out on social media like that, where everybody, like, as a fan base is ganging up on somebody. Clearly, the administration knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah. It is not a secret that Bruce Weber has been losing as a head coach the last three years. Adding at him, adding at Gene Taylor, awful. adding at the awful. players does no good. No, it doesn't. And I'm not trying to be a parent right now. I'm just going off in my heart of what I felt about the situation. Because especially hearing from the players at press conferences, like we're just trying to win for Bruce Weber. We're trying to win for Bruce. We love Bruce. We want him to succeed. They have seen everything. Mm -hmm. They're not dumb. It's not like there's this shield that blocks them from every every negative comment that K-State Twitter has to say about Bruce Weber or themselves. They see it. They can easily just type in their name, type in Bruce Weber, and they'll find everything. I, there's no doubt about it that K-State players saw that as a major negative, but not just towards their coach, towards them, because they're the ones playing, and they're the ones out there trying to win games, and they're not winning. They took that as just as much of a negative as Coach Weber did. So I know the transfer portal is what it is today. If I was Nigel Pack, I would probably want to leave after this. Mm-hmm. That's just, you know, if I was in his shoes, he he's the one that got by far the most praise. But he also sees himself as a leader that didn't win games at the end of the road. And he, you know, sat right next to coach at the end of that who was, you know, talking about what he's done and doesn't get enough credit for it. You know, Mark Smith is gone, obviously. Marquise Noel, you know, I think there's a ton of question marks when it comes to who's going to be left after this this change. But that, of course, is a part of a change. You're going to lose players. Right. People are coming and going. I and I mean, let's not we gotta mention this. The color commentator on the game yesterday and today during the KU game kept mentioning how Nigel Pack should have been a first round. Oh my or, god. No, I heard that. Yeah, first first team, team all big twelve. He said put Christian Brown in that I spot. I can't believe that. I I mean Wait, he made the argument that you gotta put winning ahead uh you know I I don't want to, you know, mess up sure. what he said, but it said something about you got to put a big emphasis on how much you have won games, right? How much that effort has won games, and I thought that was insane. Like I, right. I completely disagree. It's all Big Twelve. You're singling out individuals for their effort and putting them in the first team, second right. team, third team, right? And see, that's the kind of stuff where it's like, Nigel, you can't dwell on that stuff. Right, and he who won't. He'll say, "Hey, you know what? That does make me mad. It motivates me." At the same time, you got to do the same with Twitter. 
You 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 have to say, forget that. That that stuff. It, it's tough when you have so many people coming at Bruce and your teammates and saying some wild things. It's tough, but you got to do it, man. You have to do it. It's not everybody. It's a select group of people who are really vocal. Wyatt and I had a long discussion about that on uh, one episode of of Wildcat Insider and about how yeah, some you know some look at it as team awards almost when you put these guys in a like like another example is the Heisman Trophy some see that as a, a team title yeah. which a lot of times it really is yeah um that's how it's broken up sometimes it's the individual and then sometimes it's who's the best guy on the best team and it's just wild that it swings like that each year I won't lie when I voted for the Heisman my top two votes were for Alabama players <laughs> But I didn't think the old QB was the best player. No, 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 That no. the best player was on the old D line. I think that was awesome. All right. Um, boy. Um, yeah, we better take a break. We need to, we need to catch up here. <laughs> we need to catch up. Uh, when we come back, um, is baseball back? Whoa, boy. A timeout on the game. All right, baseball fans, it looks like you're getting a full season. We're talking Major League Baseball. Because this coming down earlier this afternoon, players have voted to accept Major League Baseball's latest offer for a new labor deal. Now, the union's executive board approved the agreement in a 26-12 vote, pending ratification by all players. And that's somebody from the Associated Press Major League Baseball sent the players an offer Thursday that they couldn't refuse, apparently, and gave them – that's that was, you know, something you have to stay, right? Yeah. Uh, and gave them until 3 o'clock to accept an order to play a full season. Owners plan to hold a ratification vote later in the day. So this does like include like a 45-day window for Major League Baseball to implement rules changes, among them a pitch clock ban on shifts – and larger bases for the 2023 season. Uh, the National League adopting the designated hitter, but with this agreement, it does appear that they will play a full season, 162, ending a 99-day lockout, and they'll begin the season April 7th, and players can start reporting tomorrow. Yeah, that's good. Good, good, good. Get back on the field. Got to talk more with Troy on that tomorrow. Yeah, He's the baseball T-Dog. expert on the team, but when we come back, a big chunk of Gene Taylor earlier today with the press conference on finding a new coach.